When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Drill Down. We've got the business stories behind some stocks on the move. I'm Corey Johnson. Today's August 13, Friday the 13th. Nonetheless, we've got good luck with episode number 74. Just ahead, we've got two recent IPOs falling on their faces as they report second quarter results. Plus, we'll look at the marketing machine that is Rocket Mortgage. And is Porch the Amazon of home services? We're going to talk it over with our guest, Lamar Villery. But first, it's sponsor time. The Drill Down is brought to you by Era, a one-stop equity platform where you can seamlessly connect to any earnings call and surface actionable insights automatically. Era's AI-powered tools will allow you to work faster and smarter. That's Era, A-I-E-R-A dot com. And you can listen to The Drill Down on any of your favorite podcast platforms like Audible, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn. In fact, in TuneIn, you can listen to my voice at three times the speed is ridiculous but true but when you do so hit that subscribe button so you can make sure to catch every show and let us know what companies you think we should be drilling down on talk to us on twitter and instagram by following at drill down pod and connect with us directly at our website bizpod.net all right i'm Corey johnson welcome to the drill down we've got the business stories behind some stocks in the move joining me today ben wilson our executive editor extraordinaire I just made you an executive. See that <laughs> executive editor. I have like you, the sound of that. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Have, uh, have you, uh, have you listened to your voice at three times speed yet? I have not, but I look forward to trying it out. Tune in, dude. It's, it's, it's really exciting. All right, Corey, go ahead and tell me the three most important stories in the world of business today. All right, let's start with the uh, economic numbers we got today. Uh, every month we get a number from the university of Michigan, uh, where they look at consumer sentiment and consumer sentiment sucks. Uh, the, consensus, the consensus was that consumer sentiment took a nosedive in August, hitting the lowest levels since 2011. Now, it wasn't just surprising because the number was so low, but it was surprising how fast it declined. Consumers had a much better opinion about the economy uh, just a month ago, but the decline was nearly a record. There have only been two larger declines in this index over the last 50 years. One was in the depths of the 2007 to 2009 recession. The other was in April of last year, right when the pandemic uh, really uh, was became evident of what a, a real problem it was going to be. And uh, so this is a really concerning um, thing. What? And so whenever I read these stories, or I see these stories broadcast, or I myself have broadcast these stories, people start to make up reasons. The broadcaster makes up reasons, or the economists make up reasons why consumer sentiment is so bad. So Ben, why do you think consumer sentiment is so bad all of a sudden? You know what? It could just be because of the heat waves that we've been having or the different weather. Oh, that's interesting. I'd imagine it's really not, but I'm sure it's just as valid as any of the reasons they make up on TV, right? Well, I don't know. People are miserable. But I was looking in Connecticut. It was 99 degrees in Darien today. Um, 100% uh, it could be anything about the – but I, I, I've got to think it's it's Delta variant. It's um, uh, you know resumed shutdowns happening in different parts of the country. Maybe inflation. I don't know. Maybe I'm it was sure the Cubs trading all their best players at the end of the of last month. 
That's the most likely, Corey. We're glad to have Chris Bryant here with the Giants in San Francisco, but I, I digress. All right. Corey, tell me the second most important business news story today. All right. So second most important business story from our friends at Indeed. And Indeed, they are friends because they're running ads in this very podcast, as you're about to hear. But they put out a report today saying that vaccination is increasingly a requirement to be hired by U.S. employers. Uh, Everything from accounting to software firms to schools to restaurants. Indeed has found that they are asking applicants to prove that they have been vaccinated. Uh, In fact, uh, they say the share of job postings stating that a new hire must be vaccinated has nearly doubled in the last month. All right, in our third most important business story of the day, the shipping nightmares that we've seen for this year, and we'll talk about a company that was blaming that for their problems recently, but uh, shipping problems are, might be getting worse because a COVID-19 outbreak has partially shut down one of the busiest ports in the world, that is the Ningbao Zushan port in China. Just a few months ago, the port of Los Angeles saw its volumes drop because of a June outbreak in another port in China. So the worry, of course, the ports around the world are going to face the same kind of outbreaks that COVID-19 restrictions that slow down the flow of everything from parables of food to electronics to semiconductors to cars to raw materials uh, as the pandemic took hold last year. Could be happening all over again. Corey, what stocks are you drilling down on today? Well, let's start with the Tattooed Chef. The Tattooed Chef. Sounds like fun. It trades with the ticker TTCF. Shares were down 16% today, and for the last 12 months, shares are up 11%. What's the story with Tattooed Chef? So Tattooed Chef uh, is, as a financial vehicle, went public through a SPAC. But the company, uh, as a business, it's a plant-based food company. They've got everything from ready-to-cook bowls of that they sell at Sam's Clubs and Costco to zucchini spirals and riced cauliflower and smoothie bowls and cauliflower pizza crusts. Um, and they're sold all kinds of stores, but uh, Sam's Club, very important for them. Costco, important for them as well. They did announce a deal where they're going to be in Kroger's stores, but that did not translate into great profits for this company. So they did $51 million, uh, in the last quarter, which is up 56%, for, sorry, 46%. So that's good, right? You'd think. But the profits from a year ago of $2 million in a quarter, their operating profit, fell to a $6 million loss. You know, when you have more revenue, you're supposed to have more profit, not a new loss. Um, so that is why the stock sold off so much today when they announced that. Now, this thing um, did a SPAC IPO in November. In April, the CFO quit. And the new CFO, well, on the conference call today, you, you got to listen. She she just admits that she wasn't prepared for the inflationary environment that uh, we all have been going through. When we start to talk about inflationary costs, that some of these items were things that as we looked at them at the end of the year and even through the first quarter, seemed to be temporary. And I believe that a lot of people assumed that we would be more on a road to recovery by this point in time after the pandemic than we currently are. And the fact of the matter is, is that freight and container costs do not seem to be decreasing. Fuel prices do not seem to be decreasing. And there are things that we can all see. And so we would like to take the conservative approach after analyzing our data and the information with our providers in logistics and things of that nature that honestly, after we saw the increase of roughly 1.84% in freight and container costs when it's taken as a percentage of revenue compared to last year, we want to be very cautious in this. We are starting to hear things about packaging shortages and paper shortages and those types of things. We made sure that our raw material inflation prices 
were not going to be an issue in the back half of this year. So uh, it sounds to me like there's more coming, Ben, that they're going to have some more problems with shortages of other stuff, not just the inability to get things shipped places. But uh, I think that inflation is, uh, is uh, once it's out of the bag, it's hard to put back in. Well, she commented on the uh, lack of a decrease in fuel and container costs. And I hope those don't just stay up after the pandemic because they find out people will pay for it. Sort of like we had the Avis CFO talking about the other day. Yeah, well, and, and we'll see. I mean, as, as, as we mentioned with that new port in China showing a slowdown, uh, that there's definitely no relief on the horizon. Corey, what is your next drill down? Let's look at Rocket Mortgage. Well, actually, Rocket Companies is the name of the business. You probably know their Rocket Mortgage business. They lend for all kinds of things. But Rocket Companies reporting earnings today. Rocket Companies trades at the ticker RKT. Shares were up 10% today. But for the last 12 months, shares are only up 3%. And with rates the way they are, I want to know what's going on with Rocket Companies. Yeah, so these guys are doing, actually reported, just a bang-up quarter. Uh, they had... Uh, adjusted revenue of $2.8 billion and adjusted net income of about a billion dollars. So, um, you know, very profitable on the, you know, the 30% operating profit uh, is pretty, pretty good. Um, they spent a ton of money in marketing. They went from $200 million in marketing a year ago to $307 million in the most recent quarter. Um, and it's, it's just a fascinating business where they are really getting some traction with their customers and by offering so many products, uh, not just mortgages, but mortgages, they've got deals with realtors, they're doing auto loans, they're doing other kinds of loans. So uh, they're really able, once they get a customer in their marketing funnel, to get them to do lots and lots of transactions and get a lot of revenue for every customer. There was an interesting moment in today's conference call when the chief financial officer, Julie Booth, gave an example of kind of their ecosystem of lending that on a single home purchase can yield as much as $18,000 per client. Check out uh, Julie Booth here, the CFO of Rocket Companies. An example probably helpful here in thinking about the ecosystem and, and kind of how it, it all comes together. You think about a client who's purchasing a new home, say for $300,000. Within our ecosystem, if you look at a gain on sale margin in our direct consumer channel, let's say it's a 450 basis point gain on sale margin, we would generate $13,500 of revenue for this purchase. And then if that client is using an agent in our Rocket Homes real estate network, we would generate an additional $3,000 in revenue, assuming a 1% commission fee. And then in addition to that, if you add AMROC appraisal, closing, and title services, they provide us another opportunity there to earn an additional $1,500. So as you look at this in total and think about all of the opportunities we have, that transaction would generate $18,000. And it really doesn't stop there, too, if you think about the other things in our business. We've got Rocket Auto, solar is coming, we've got personal loans, which are all really natural extensions of that home buying experience. And these businesses do have a high correlation to the, the real estate opportunity, getting the uh, reach to the client the right time to serve their needs throughout their entire home ownership journey. So these newer business areas that we're adding uh, really help us leverage our platform strength, especially from, from a marketing, a, a technology, and, and client servicing. So these guys are just taking so many swings at that client. And uh, 
it really is above all, not so much a lending business, but a marketing business, just getting those customers through the funnel and, and uh, um, start borrowing money uh, in all sorts of ways. They're taking pieces of that transaction. Well, Corey, it uh, seems like they have a pretty impressive funnel. And uh, with the market doing so well, I know we want to talk more about the business than about the stock, but why do you think the stock price is only up 3% over the last 12 months? Well, among other things, uh, there's there's uh, been an investigation of the company uh, looking at um, various aspects of their of their securities offerings. And so there's, without a resolution of that, I think that that's something that, that can weigh on the stock a little bit here. Corey, what is your next drill down? Let's look at Honest Company. Honest Company. I hope it lives up to their name. Trades with this ticker HNST. Shares were down 28% today, and the stock has been cut in half since its May IPO. What's the story with Honest Company? Well, you know, this is a company started by Jessica Alba, and who doesn't love some Jessica Alba? I mean, come on. She's like her and Jennifer Garner, just like these America's sweethearts, right? Well, this company reporting earnings uh, not too long after their May IPO, absolutely tanked. Uh, it's just a great disappointment with the second quarter earnings. Revenue $35 million, only growing 3% year over year, actually down 18% from the previous quarter. The problem is de-stocking. So some of their partners ordered a lot of inventory and kept it on their shelves and now they're not ordering so much inventory. In fact, they're reducing the inventory that's on their shelves, not buying new product from Honest. And it's an honest-to-goodness problem with these guys. Um, their reduction of inventory by a key digital partner, they said, they didn't say who, uh, is a problem for these guys because uh, it just means their sales that, that they did leading up to the IPO and right after the IPO look like they were inflated by inventory growth at one of their customers. Here is the chief financial officer, Kelly Kennedy. Um, as we as we kind of think about the inventory impact that we saw in the quarter, I think we called out at our Q1 call, you know, that this partner chose to decrease inventory in certain categories, really to free up space, you know, ahead of their, their promotional event. You know, overall, um, what we saw was historically, just because Honest is a high growth brand with high digital penetration, this partner tended to carry more weeks of supply than they did in other um, kind of uh, other, you know, kind of uh, large CPG companies. We saw them reduce from about 12 weeks of supply down to roughly eight. So that was the $6.4 million that we called out was about four weeks of inventory. Um, you know, as, as we look at what we're seeing in Q3, we have seen the order volume return to kind of pre-destocking levels, so kind of in line with consumption, but we have not seen them return to higher weeks of supply. Um, and we're not planning on it. So that's just bad news for these guys that that they're one of their key digital partners, whoever that is, just doesn't want to keep as much inventory as they've had in the past. And so the effect of that was to raise revenues, you know, in the quarters when they were stocking up on goods. But not only does it delay revenues right now or, or slow, you know, have a negative impact now, it suggests that the demand wasn't there from the start. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to look at a really interesting company. Uh, that some say is the Amazon of home services. Uh, Lamar Valeri joins us right after this. The Drill Down is brought to you by Indeed. Here's an existential question for every business. When you're hiring, how do you know who's really best for the role? You'll save time and screen for quality candidates with the skills you need with Indeed assessments. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed. 
a job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope for the perfect candidate and that that candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed Assessments, choose from over 135 skills tests to make sure you're finding applications from people who have the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join with 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent and get started right now. For Drill Down listeners, get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Drill Down. That's right, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Drill Down. That's Indeed.com slash Drill Down. Offer valid through September 30. Terms and conditions apply. And remember to join the Drill Down on Twitter and Instagram by following at DrillDownPod and connect with us at our website, bizpod.net. Let us know what stocks you think we should be drilling down on. Welcome back to the Drill Down. We are joined right now by Lamar Villery, uh, Villery & Co. out of New Orleans. Um, glad to have you on. You brought a, I'm going to call this a controversial company. I, Porch. I, I bring you nothing but controversial companies. I like that. Um, yeah. Porch. Uh, is a company that went public through a SPAC, and that's not what makes it controversial, although it did kind of right out of the gate get a lot of attention from uh, Spruce Point Management, a short-selling group, short-selling research group, activist short-sellers, they call themselves, whatever, they published their research and shared why they think it's a lousy company. You think not so much. Tell us how Porch uh, makes money and what, what the company's sure. business is. Sure. So, um, Corey, if you think back to the last time you bought a house, um, the, you know, you kind of put out a bid or you, you, you make an offer on a house and uh, all of a sudden you come to terms and um, literally the first thing you have to do before you do anything else is uh, get an inspection. So what, what generally happens is your realtor says, hey, I know John Doe inspections. We'll get them scheduled for, you know, two days from now. And, and great, that's all fine. Um, so at that point, you are uh, you've you've. You're buying the house. Um, what Porch does is they provide the software for those inspectors to manage the entire process from their side. Uh, so the way they charge, they bill for that is they basically charge $4 per inspection. Okay, great. It's kind of an interesting business, but not really that exciting of a business. What's really attractive about the, uh, the having that market is Porch has a huge jump on every other uh, company that might want to do business with you, the new homeowner, whether that's movers, whether that's home insurance, um, whether it's the contractor who might help you do the repairs or do any other um, alterations to the home, uh, you know, whether, you know, TV and internet, other so utilities. All this stuff that the new homeowner is about to spend a bunch of money on or new homeowners and, do, and they're cobbling together people often in a place where they don't know anybody. Exactly. These and, guys and, walk in and say, we've got it all. We've got it all. And um, so, you know, right away, it, you, you know, historically, the movers would kind of sit around, have no idea what was happening. And then until you got, you know, went online and filed a change of address form with the uh, the post office, that's weeks down the road. Um, so this, this gives a much more early look at when people are moving and, and that information. So, like I said, they charge $4. Now, the inspector has the option of getting charged nothing for the porch service, at which point they give the information to porch. So porch basically says you can pay us $4 cash per inspection for this, 
or you can give us the data on the homeowner the, you know, and, and so forth. And, and when they get when they get paid with the data, and so when the homeowner or the inspector pays zero, they actually get more like twenty five dollars with with once you uh, factor in um, the, the marketing uh, revenues that they get. So the other nice thing, in addition to having the timing jump, is they have a massive informational advantage over literally anyone else out there. So if you're an insurance company, you'd love to know what the actual age is of the roof, what the actual uh, age and location is of the hot water heater and so forth. So it, you imagine you know, they spend four plus hours stress testing the house, learning everything there is to know about the house. That's a massive informational advantage. So we think the insurance uh, angle is a, a really attractive one. So it's really, it's really lead gen. This is a lead generation machine for people that are about to spend a lot of money because they just bought a house. That is correct. Now that's what it is now. Now it's focused on the initial upfront spend when you buy a house. Uh, you know, the, I think they're going to buy acquisition and buy organic growth, look to grow into the home maintenance, um, you know, in, in, in other areas having to do with the home. So I think the, the long-term view is that it's going to be an overall uh, home play. Uh, but right now, the, the, the real foot in the door is getting this, is locking up this, uh, this inspection market and all the, uh, the different things that that opens the door to. So um, the, some of the criticism that the Spruce Point guys had, and, and some of it was personal, it seems like they just, they've had experience with the CEO and don't like them, and we can get into that in a second. I don't know the CEO, so I, don't, I can't say I like him or dislike him. Um, but the the notion was that the accounting for this could be off. That 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 rather than this just being sort of the the, uh, the inspector gives the information to the company, the company lets them, uses their software as a result. The notion was that that's a barter transaction. They're giving something in exchange for a service, and that they should be accounting for that in that way. Is that an issue? Uh, I, th I think long term, it's not an issue. I mean, I think. It's the, the model right now is is more on the, the they're, they're moving towards the more of a barter transaction. But right now it's it's the four dollars, you know, up front is, is the way most people are paying. So they're pushing for that and they're pushing for the, you know, give the software away for free for the data. Basically, like a Google Docs, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you all of our software for free. Um, we'll get the underlying data and we'll profit off of that. So it's it's. Uh, so that nominal cash exchange makes it not a barter, and then, then it doesn't raise the accounting problems. We that's that is our belief. Yeah. So um, it's it is an interesting business. Um, it, it seems like they've cobbled together lots of different services on top of this. Um, and I, you know, as I'm reading through the 10K, it, it it still didn't look like there was a stream of we want to capture this kind and then that kind and then the third kind. It seems like they're just like we're they're throwing stuff against the wall to see that what kind of services a new homeowner might purchase from them. Well, uh, right now the big, I mean, the big sort of no-brainer, uh, without even the inspection data, was the, the on the movers side. But you know, what, what their last uh, uh, acquisitions have been more focused on is the home insurance. We had a call with management focused on the you know, the insurance side of this, and, and think that that's really a huge area where they're going to see some growth. Uh, but you know, additionally. A lot of the areas that, that you know, talk to is being able to provide this information to a contractor or even into their database and say, here's exactly what, you know, the contract, the, the inspector says, here's all the things that are wrong. They run it through their database and it says the approximate cost of this is $16,000. It can actually accelerate the, the transaction because the buyer and the seller then have a, a non-motivated third party that says, here's the number so we don't have to delay this uh, uh, 
uh, transaction. So they're really involved from the inspection before the deal even before the housing deal even closes. Right, right, and that, that it, it makes it very valuable uh, lead gen perspective. And has this shown up in their numbers? I realize it's a recently public company. It's certainly shown up in their revenues. I mean, their revenues are growing very quickly. Uh, they are doing a lot of acquisitions, so it's it's always difficult to separate organic versus uh, all in uh, revenue growth. But they have been growing very quickly. They have been adding a lot of inspectors to the network. Uh, so clearly, you know, in- inspectors are seeing the benefit to their business of getting on the platform. Uh, I think the next real phase is mo- shifting them from the pay per use to the uh, the data usage, uh, and, I, and I think that's that's one of the big areas they need to be focused on. Now, Lowe's is a big shareholder here, or at least was going into the deal. Uh, there's the the. The majority of their shareholders are, are financial uh, institutions, right. including venture side. Well, I wonder from the business side of things, though, if Lowe's is kind of an interesting partner there because Lowe's has got some of these same businesses, not least of which the network of, of, of the goods that they sell, but also kind of the connections with contractors and so on. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think there's lots of potential strategic uh, opportunities, whether it's from the, uh, the kind of the Lowe's Home Depot side, again, from insurance side. Um, there, there's lots of people that would, would be interested in getting, you know, it's ADT, um, you know, any way to kind of get a get a good stronghold with with uh, this upcoming spend that a lot of these people are getting ready to make. Um, is this kind of a, an Angie's List similar kind of play where they're essentially end up being a, a a place where contractors offering services end up selling those services, or are they going to own all of the services that they're offering? I don't think they're going to own the services. I think it would be closer to an Angie's List. Um, you know they're 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 a little bit further than that on the insurance um, from their the recent acquisition puts them in a position to actually uh, work to potentially even write policies. Uh, so it's it is possible that in some cases they're they're getting a little deeper, uh, but they are going to farm these things out and try to you know basically provide the, the overall network to the new homeowner so that they uh, you know they they try to market it as a concierge service. You know obviously. Uh, they're not just opening up to anyone, so it's um, it, it will be somewhat of a, a walled garden or a uh, right you know pay to play kind of a kind of an area. And they talk about the services they offer from big brands like you know Pods, the the, the, the yep. shipping company, and then and Williams Sonoma and and West Elm and or you're kind of in the south. So we call it West Elm down there. <laughs> That's more of a Dallas thing. That's a Dallas, yeah, deep Elm, I guess. <laughs> But uh, uh, it, it is interesting. I, I do think that the, uh, I agree with you. The insurance, the notion that an underwriter can be smarter about the underwriting based on firsthand information about the home and the stuff in the home is is an intriguing deal. But I'm always dubious of the companies like Lemonade that promise um, uh, superior underwriting ability based on data and wonder if it's really there. Well, you're not going to get better data for sure. Um you know, when, when you have, when the actual, if you have an actual uh, home insurance uh, uh, inspector come out to your house, generally they're coming after they've already agreed with to you, you know, agreed on the terms and they come out and just kind of glance around and sort of make sure the house is there and nothing's, you know, falling out of the walls. Uh, they don't have access to this uh, data. And one of the things that the uh, management team is talking about is, you know, the location of your hot water heater. If, it, if your hot water heater's in the basement and it blows, that you know the cost there is is X. If it's in the attic and it blows, the cost there is 10x uh, because you're going through the ceiling, going through the floors, uh, right. and so forth. So, some small things like that that are just huge pieces of information that are available. Uh, 
um, that you, there, there's, there's no other way to get that information other than from the home inspection. So, uh, or, or you know, how long, whatever appliances and whether it's a American Home Shield wants to write a home uh, warranty policy, they'd like to know everything you know, about the condition of the, the appliances in the home. It's 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 hard to argue that this there's any anywhere else you can get this data on your home. It's, it's yeah. uh, certainly everything I know about my house is stuff I kind of remember from our inspection. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind of, um, sort of. Uh, let me guess. Dead, I'm not sure. Rot. Mm-hmm. You live in a tropical environment, right? Yeah, it's more mold. Wood rot, mold. Yeah, yes, of course. Black I think mold everywhere. And wood rot. Yeah, you want to look for it, you'll find it. Yep. Uh, how important are these partnerships? You know, I mentioned the. The West Elm and, and Sonoma, William Sonoma and, and Pods and Bed Bath and Beyond and Progressive and Budget, you know, the it seems like their slide that shows all the different partnerships they have have changed, which is to say their partners haven't all hung in there for the long haul. And I wonder uh, if you think that that's the case. Number one, but but more importantly, if any of these partners are are crucial to this to the company's success. Yeah, so we don't really think of those as partners as much as we do as the inspectors who are the, you know the 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 real. Uh, uh, customer here. Um, so, you know, if, as long as you keep growing the inspector base, your core product of the information and the access to these guys is going to become more valuable. Um, so whether, whether you're selling a Home Depot or Lowe's, whether it's to pods or to the U-Haul, uh, U-Haul's competitor to, to pods, uh, as long as you've got the customers coming in and the data, you're in good shape. To me, the bigger risk on the story is that you just see a drop in the volume of, of moves. Um, right. I, you know, we, we, we feel Which comfortable. We probably saw a lot of last year because of the pandemic and people yeah. escaping the city and so on. Yeah. So there's there's this sort of reshuffling of, of homes. Um, the nice thing is you don't need new home starts necessarily. Resale is actually more valuable than a new home. It's certainly more complicated to do an inspection of an old home. So I, I think from that perspective, they're going to be fine. Um, but yeah, if, if you have a, a less uh, active uh, sale and resale market, um, you know that that could certainly slow the growth. But you know, from what we've seen so far, we, what we are comfortable with is that these guys uh, really help the inspectors with their business, uh, provide an you know an interesting look to companies that want to do business with a new homeowner. You know, once people pick their, well, obviously move is a one-time thing, but once you pick your Home security provider. Once you pick your uh, your insurer or even your contractor, you tend to stick with those people. So uh, there's a huge benefit to being the first in the door and to getting those uh, those deals closed. So uh, we we have not come up with um, a whole lot of holes on the on the strategy here. It's 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 definitely a differentiated way to get access to these uh, homeowners. Interesting company, Porch. Uh, thanks for bringing that to us. Uh, Lamar Villery is with Villery Co. Out of uh, New Orleans, uh, glad to have you. We appreciate your time, and uh, we'll keep an eye on Porch. All right, coming up next, the drill down bite, that one number that tells you a whole lot. We'll look at those contractors uh, and, the, and the work that's being done by the affiliates of Porch with one number that will tell us a whole lot right after this. The Drill Down is brought to you by ERA, a one-stop equity platform where you can seamlessly connect to any earnings call and surface actionable insights automatically. ERA's AI-powered tools will allow you to work faster and smarter. That's ERA, A-I-E-R-A dot com. And we hope you're listening to The Drill Down every day. That can be easier when The Drill Down follows you like a stench. It's everywhere, including on your smart speaker. Turn to your smart speaker and say something like, Hey, Alexa, play The Drill Down podcast. And you will find The Drill Down even there right next to you. 
and let us know what companies you think we should be drilling down on. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram by following at DrillDownPod and connect with us directly at our website, bizpod.net. We are back with that drill down bite, that one number that tells us a whole lot. We've been talking about the home service companies and inspectors uh, that are partnered with uh, um, Porch. There are actually 14,000 home service companies, inspectors, moving companies, utility companies, and so on, that uh, Porch boasts of at this moment. Uh, a growing number, and the number is certainly to watch uh, as we see if this company can succeed in its pretty cool business plan. And that's just the thing. I mean, when people move, they're often moving to a new place or they're entering into a new phase of their life where they have needs that they have not been able to source and research. And it's usually going to that realtor to trust that realtor. You know, Compass, when they went public recently, they made an argument that they had all those things kind of in-house to help their 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 people. So there's definitely some other competitors to Porch circling around this market. All right, well, that's it with the drill down. We appreciate your time. I'm Corey Johnson. Isaac Webster is our executive producer. Ben Wilson is our editor extraordinaire. The drill down is a production of the Business Podcast Network.